What is going on, everybody? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out the NL East preview here on the Bullpen Card Podcast presented by Thunderblogsports.com. That is right. We are jumping over to the National League for this one. It's myself, Greg Piatelli, and we welcome back Stevie G, our Mets friend, to help us break down the NL East. We go through all five teams, my Phillies, Steve's, Mets, the Braves, the Nationals, the Marlins. We rank them. We do the fantasy draft. This one was a ton of fun to record. Cannot wait to hear what you all think. As always, though, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. Search the bullpen cart on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Mash that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode for the rest of the division previews as well as the regular season. Follow us on Twitter. ThunderBLG is the handle there. Thunderblog Sports on Instagram and the Bullpen Card Podcast Group on Facebook. But enjoy the episode. Let us know what you think in the show notes. And here we go. Welcome to this episode of the Bullpen Card Podcast. Presented by Thunderblogsports.com, the namesake of the Bullpen Card Podcast feed. I, of course, am the G-Man, Jordy Cannell. Doing some more division previews for baseball. The National League East today, the first National League division we're doing. And joining me, running it back to the very first NL East division preview. First, we'll introduce the name you're familiar with, Mr. Greg Piatelli. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great. Uh, I'm pumped. We have a little, uh, a special, a great guest that that definitely knows way more than I do, and uh, makes me look good because just by association, being friends with him makes me look good. <laughs> um, I call him a friend. He may not call me a friend. However, I'm excited. I'm excited. How are you doing? <laughs> I am good. But let's introduce our special guest. I was trying to think when the last time we had you on, but it is Stevie G. Steve, how are you? I'm good, Jordy. It's a, it's a pleasure to be back on the show. Yeah. So how was it 2019 or has it been longer than that since we had uh, you? Longer than that. Longer than that? Like 18? 18? Wow. Yeah, it's that's, on our, that's on us here. That we, it is on us. He's an MLB insider, too. We got to have him on way more. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll be sure to rectify that this year. To be fair to us, or I guess to criticize us both, Greg, we were all over the board with uh, – the baseball coverage last year with the, the August start getting with football previews. And then even into September, we, uh, we dropped the ball, but we did a great playoff preview. I think, I th- think one of us at the Dodgers winning the world series. <laughs> yeah. I wonder who that was. Uh, Marcus Lynn Betts. Anyway. Um, yeah, it was a, it was a COVID year. We'll call it that. We'll toss up to COVID. Yeah. The, well, I'm sure that'll be a, a running theme throughout all these previews. It has been through the first two. If you haven't checked them out, but firstly, subscribe to the podcast, The Bullpen Cart, wherever you get your podcast. But we've done the AL Central and the AL West, doing our first National League division here. The East, obviously, if you remember Stevie G coming on, but if you're newer to the podcast, Stevie G is a Mets fan. I, of course, am a Phillies fan. Greg is here to make us both feel bad for our fandoms for the Red Sox, and we'll get our revenge whenever we do the American League East. But Steve, how are you feeling coming into this year? You got to feel pretty good as a Mets fan when you think about NL East baseball. Yeah, 100%. I'm about as excited as a Mets fan can be. It's been a while since we've had a future that looked this bright. And they look like the roster, it should be a contender. They look like 
if they're not the favorite in the NL East, they're certainly one of them. And I think it's going to be a very good year for the Mets. Yeah, it should be pretty fun. And we'll obviously hop into them. Greg, when you think as an AL fan, when you think of the National League, specifically the East, what do you think from there? Previous years or, or going into this season? Coming into this season, what are your uh, takeaways? Or I guess your coming into thoughts. That doesn't make yeah, sense. so coming into this year, you have to look at all the offseason moves. You have to look at the, the talent on all these teams and guys that are very much going to be in the MVP race uh, across at least the top three teams, right? Uh, if not top four teams. So the idea is that, or my idea that I came up with all my own independent thinker here, um, the NL East, one could argue, is becoming the new AL East in that every year the AL East had the, the three best teams, if you right, right, they had the three best teams across the board and they were the division to beat. And you could argue that top to bottom, all five of these teams uh, with the Marlins having their run last year, their young pitching, the Phillies having all that money spent on, on three players, the Nationals being the Nationals, the Mets having the best turnaround probably and, and the Braves winning the division four years in a row. This top to bottom is, is a very hard division to pick. If, going to be a dogfight all year when these teams play. So I'm excited. It's a division to watch for me um, outside of when the, the Phillies and Dodgers or the Flyer, um, Jesus, the Padres and Dodgers play. This is the division to watch. Yeah, I would definitely uh, agree with you there that this is going to be a, a dogfight of a division. I feel like, I don't know, there, there might be, we'll get into the previews and everything there of figuring out the order of everything, but it, these games are going to be really entertaining. Uh, some games are going to be high scoring. Some are going to be some fantastic pitchers duels. It's going to be fun, but let's jump into it. So if you have not listened to the other division previews, if you're newer to the bullpen cart, when we do these division previews, we go alphabetical order. So we're going to go Braves, Mar or alphabetical order by city. So Braves, Marlins, Mets, Phillies, Nationals, and then we'll do our predictions. And then we jump into the Mike Clark fantasy draft at the end. It's going to be fun. I think this is the first time we've done three people for it. So we kick things off with the aforementioned back-to-back-to-back-to-back NL East champions, the Atlanta Braves. And, Steve, as a fellow fan of Atlanta haters, what are your takeaways with the Braves going into this year? I mean, there's I mean, there's a reason why they've won three straight division titles. Start by saying that. Three? Greg, misleading me. I think it's three. Pretty sure it's three. Regardless, I mean, the roster is stacked. I mean, they have one of the top five players in the game, Ronald Acuna, probably one of the most underrated hitters of his time, Freddie Freeman. And a pitching staff that says that just oozes with upside. You know, you've got the veteran Morton at the top, but you got the likes of Freed and Anderson. We'll see if they get anything out of Mike Soroka this year when he comes back. But I think there's it's the same old stuff. There's a lot to love here. Bringing Marcelo Zuna back was a great move coming off a VP type season for them. That offense is just going to put up numbers and they're definitely going to show themselves as one of the teams to beat throughout the year, not only in the East, but throughout the national league. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. It's uh, I love the take of in the national league. I think uh, it's going to be fun to see where they stack up in terms of the Dodgers, the Padres, um, your Mets will jump into the, to them in a little bit, but uh they're going to be a lot of fun. That offense is going to be exciting. I'm really excited to see what their pitching staff does because it's something where, you know, they've always had really good pitching, and then sometimes it, 
you know, it, it falters towards the end, but last year it was really good. Obviously their playoffs aside from that, but it's going to be really fun to see where they go. Um, Greg, what are your thoughts on the Braves coming into all this? Yeah. So there's a perfect example of Stevie G making me look good. Cause it is three, uh, three, one last few years in a row. Um, there, you mentioned pitching, picking up Charlie Morton, you know, a guy proven world series, etc. cetera. Uh, a veteran arm, if you will, to go along with their three, you know, Soroka, Anderson, Freed, you know, their young, their young studs, if you will. Um, good balance, good rotation. Their bullpen seems to be strong, but I feel like late innings, do you trust this bullpen over, over, I mean, I guess compared to the rest of the analysts probably, but uh, with the exception of the nationals, but do you trust this bullpen uh, to get the job done at the end of the, you know, deep run in the playoffs if you will um but like steve said resigning or getting yeah resigning asunya asunya charlie morton you know they've this is a team that didn't get worse and they've won three years in a row so how can you really you know how can you really bet against them if you will yeah it's um i think that their bullpen is pretty exciting to watch it's going to be something where even if the back end of it if uh, a drew smiley if you will if he's not having a good night, I know that from experience of some bad Drew Smiley starts where they can go to those middle innings and or middle relievers and you know keep themselves into this. And their offense certainly is one that can dig themselves out of holes. And I think it's going to be pretty exciting to see how uh, how they do that. I mean, top to bottom, it's going to be pretty fun to watch. And obviously returning the MVP of the National League certainly helps there. Agreed. And, and the young core, right? They have this young core that they've been building around and, and I mean, these guys are going to get paid real quick. So this is, this is just, again, they didn't lose anyone. They, and they resigned some key guys they need to. And like Steve said, keep adding to this young core. Exactly. They haven't seen the best of Austin Riley or Christian Pacho. There's just so much talent in the organization that they feel like they're going to be on top for a while or fighting to be on top for a while. Yeah, it's it's scary because uh, you know I mentioned a little bit the the Braves. They're fun. They're they're a fun group, but they're a team that Frank, Steve. I don't know if you have the same opinion of this. They just won so much when we were kids that I'm just sick of seeing it. They they oh, always seem to find they always seem to figure out a way to just ha- like build this long term sustain success. And yeah, now they're they're right back into it. This is going to be another 15 years or however long that was, but that. Three-headed monster pitching, and they had the incredible teams with Chipper Jones and all those guys. Andrew Jones, when he was really raking it. And this just seems like like that second coming of it. So it's just just wild to see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's As you mentioned, it's, it's just bringing back some bad memories from my childhood regarding the Braves. So <laughs> at least now the Mets have a – the Mets, for me at least, have a you know a franchise that can compete with them for the foreseeable future. So – Hopefully it doesn't get too bad. That's like the late nineties and the early two thousands. Yeah. This, this is the yeah, portion just... we're going into. So maybe this actually, it does not mean that because the, the Atlanta Braves are going to be good for still a while. I was going to say, maybe it means yes. that we're getting towards the end of it and we get a couple of years of the Mets and then the Phillies can come back. But no, that's there were nowhere close to two of those things. Uh, uh, it's going to be a fight for years to come. This division. I would, I would like to think. Yeah. I, w- I would like to think that too, but let's, uh, Jump to the other side of the coin, a team that, that kind of shocked a number of, of actually pretty much everybody. The Miami Marlins, they made the playoffs last year going 31-29 and 29 in the 60-game season. Uh, that would be an 84-game 
or 84 win year if that's over 162 years. Greg, since we started with Steve, we'll start with you. Do you think the Marlins have the talent to do that again this year? I mean, Sterling Marte, right? They have this Sixto Sanchez kid, this top prospect, Ugh. you know, an ace pitcher, right? If you will, like, is he gonna? Are they gonna be on innings limits? And you know, that's a that's a fad and, and a and a thing that that teams are doing with all their young pitchers, but another team that just has so much young talent that like almost like the, the, the rays of, they just don't know how good they can be, or they don't, they're not afraid of the moment. Cause they, they, they don't know what the moment, how big the moment is. Cause they're so young and ignorant. Right. So it's uh, there's plenty to go around in terms of talent and, and with the confidence that they ended the season with last year, I, I can't imagine this going to be, I can't imagine they're going to have that much of a dip as what everyone else is predicting them to be, significantly under 500 but i just i don't see it after after what they perform but again young teams typically start off strong and fade in the end of the season so maybe a full season they will fade towards the end of the year but you never know yeah you mentioned Sixto sanchez they've had pablo lopez up for a couple of years sandy out alan alan tara uh classic me already mispronouncing a word and we're only I mean, I've, mi- I've, I've, I've mispronounced every single name that I've said so far. So <laughs> I was trying to think, going back to the Braves quickly, when we were talking about Acuna before he got called up of, of what we were, how we were terribly butchering his name, but uh, still with the Marlins. Yeah. They're, they're going to be an interesting team to see. It's, it's really whether or not you think they're going to, to contain what they had over the course of that year. And, and, Guys who seem to be on a little bit of a revenge tour type of mentality of a, like a Corey Dickerson or, or Jorge Alfaro was a name that stuck out there. Speaking of guys, the Phillies traded um, and they just seem to really, I don't know, jump out last year and to think if they can do that, these are the, you know, the, the grades that we saw them have when they were coming up through the systems and to see what they end up doing. They add Adam Duvall, all these different guys, It'll be fun to see what happens. I don't know. Steve, what do you think about this team? Uh, I'm definitely in the side that I, I don't believe in this team at all. I think this roster, while they made the playoffs last year in the 60 games, it's, I don't believe they would have made it over 162 games. I mean, this team just has a lot of holes. And as you said, it's a lot of guys that kind of need to play with a chip on their shoulder, like a Corey Dickerson, a Jorge Alfaro. So, you know, still seem like they have a lot to prove in this league, a Brian Anderson uh, you wonder if these are the types of guys that can carry a lineup. But I guess for them, the big question is, like, how good is the young pitching staff? You know, you mentioned Sixto Sanchez, Pablo Lopez. They also have Sammy Alcantara, Eliezer Hernandez. It's a good – it's a rotation that seems to have a lot of upside. Will they be good enough to carry maybe a below-average lineup is the question. I don't see it happening, especially in this division. you got to see think it's going to be tough for them to find wins within this division against those other four teams. And I just don't see them having the success that they had last year. I think they'll they'll go back to being sort of the bottom feeder that kind of reminds me. Kind of reminds me of the Reds right before they really started to find their own in the early years of their young uh, young rotation when the the Cubs were still mashing the ball. Obviously, the Cardinals have always been pretty good, but even when the Pirates were still not trading away all their superstars and and the Brewers were starting to figure it out of of that sort of they were you could see the signs of it, but but still. You know, maybe a couple of years away from really having this pitching staff carry uh, an offense that, that has some holes in it, especially on the bottom there. 
Exactly. And this isn't a team that's going to be able to fill these holes very easily, obviously, financially or with with trades. I mean, again, they're required, they're, you know, counting on a lot of guys having breakout type seasons. Lewis Brinson is the type of guy that you'd think for them to be have any success as a guy who's really going to have to have a a really big breakout season after being the centerpiece of that yellow trade. Half hasn't really lived up to the hype. Oh yeah. And I, I just think they're going to show all year to find wins. Yeah. That's a really good point. There are guys that they just took bets on that Brinson's kind of the, the dark side of that. And they're hoping that these other guys end up being, you know, the other side of the coin, like an Alfaro or, you know, a couple of these other guys that, that just pop out there. But I don't know when you have some of these names on, on their lineup, it is, there is a question of, will this be able to, to, go stride for stride with a Braves lineup or with we're about to jump into the Mets with them or even the Nationals and what they have going. Um, and we'll we'll just have to see what happens. But I, I tend to agree with you. I think that the surprise was fun for 2020, but over 162 games, I feel like they'll uh, – who knows? They, they could even be right in there in like July or August, but come September when teams really start to make a push, teams that have assets and that have the money to try to take on – you know, various trades and whatnot. I just feel like the Marlins can't match there. Completely agree. Completely agree on all that. It's it's going to be an uphill climb for them, especially the way this division looks. It's, yeah. It's level for them, for sure. But, Steve, let's jump into your Mets. Making some of the bigger splashes on the East Coast, we'll put it that way, because uh, obviously we haven't done the NL West yet to talk about the, the San Diego Padres. But, Steve, we'll start with you. And you mentioned it at the top that you feel as good as a Mets fan can elaborate on that what does that exactly mean for everybody out there that doesn't know the feeling well i mean you look at this team last year they obviously had a ton of injury issues with the pitching and 60 game season strong and opting out early the bullpen never really being a really a disaster for most of the year and they never really found their rhythm but all that being said the offense was still you know third in the nl and ops despite really down seasons from a guy like Alonzo who never really found his rhythm you know they weren't getting what you know, they were getting some production out of shortstop, but obviously they've made a huge upgrade there getting Francisco Lindor. Uh, the guys like Dom Smith, who was getting MVP consideration, a guy like Jeff McNeil, who's going to hit 300. I mean, the lineup is just deep, top to bottom. It's just as deep as you will find in the National League, and there's no reason to think that they're not going to score a lot of runs, especially a guy like Pete Alonso. Uh, I mean, you know, mentioned earlier MVP candidates. I mean, that is a guy to look at. He is having a monster spring. He looks better than he did at any point last season, swinging the bat. He's going to right center. He's hitting line drives. And I think he's going to be the anchor of what should be a really, really potent Mets offense. And then you look at the rotation. I mean, it's deep. They obviously have DeGrom. I mean, he's far and away the best pitcher in baseball right now. The way he's looked in spring, throwing 100 miles an hour, it's out, 100 miles an hour out of the gate. is just, it's quite frankly ridiculous watching him pitch. Uh, and then you look at Stroman behind him, Carrasco behind him when he gets healthy, a Tywin Walker coming off a good de- a good year with the Blue Jays. You know, Joe Lucchese's had a strong, strong spring. You got David Peterson. They're deep. And I think that that's going to be, you know, they really, really look like a team that's ready to contend. And the biggest thing about it, honestly, quite frankly, is the ownership. They finally have an owner who's going to spend money like a New York market should. And come mid-season, if they need help in the bullpen, they're going to make a move and money won't be a problem. They find that J.D. Davis isn't producing at their base, they'll call, they can call the Cubs and talk about Chris Bryant again. I just, there's so many options for this team to improve over the season, and they already are looking like they should be one of the best teams in the league. I just think there's a lot to look forward to, and they they really, and they will perform that way, and they'll live up to the hype as, and be a 90-plus team that's in the playoffs come October. 
Yeah, so I mentioned it with the Braves. Already sick of them winning again. The Mets are the next step, at least in my lifetime, of seeing how the progression of the NL East goes. I'd rather see that step be taken this year, uh, as much as I do hate the Mets. I'd love to see them do it. But you mentioned Steve Cohen. I just found this out and just uh, pulling up Mets articles. I did not know that he owns a fun little bit of sports memorabilia that connects you and our, our good friend Greg. Are you aware of this? Probably not. So he bought the baseball that rolled up third, that oh, rolled up first ball. base and went through yeah. Bill Buckner's legs. He bought it for $410,000. And to your point of spending mm-hmm. money, it was four times what he expected to pay. So he knows when something's worth it, he'll do it. Now he's, I mean, he's far, he's worth $14 billion. He's far and away the richest owner in the league now. He's, and he's been very clear. Like he wants to win a championship in the next five years. Like, he knows he might have to spend to do it, and I think he's gonna. He will not be afraid to. And you have a guy like Sandy Alderson who knows how to build a team. And you take away what he did under the Wilpons, like even though he obviously got them to a World Series, but he was so handicapped working for those owners that now he's being really able to to fill out his vision of what he wants the team to look like. And I think it's only the beginning of good things to come for the Mets. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, and I think uh, adding Trevor May is huge, too, in their bullpen, obviously something yeah. that had been a, a crutch to the Mets the last couple of years. So it's going to be – I mean, I think the, those players are still solid, you know, not to use video game logic, but they always seem to have higher overalls and, and are obviously – you know, they have the talent to do it. So if this yeah. is a, a solid crew, I feel like it, it could be, you know, exciting to see how this team does. Yeah, I mean, the big key, as you mentioned, the bullpen is really going to be Diaz. You know, he wasn't obviously a miserable 19 – had a pretty good 2020 that you kind of want to notice how good he was, but he really did have a great year. He's like outright dominant in the spring. He's got that swagger back that he had with the Mariners. I mean, if he's dominant, the back end of the rotation, I mean, the back end of the bullpen, then uh, I think this is going to be a really, really tough team to beat, you know, least. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Greg, what are your thoughts coming into the Mets in 2021? Yeah. Like Steve said, there's only the possibility for them to get better right there. I mean, even with, with a guy like Syndergaard coming back, obviously it won't be until late summer, but early summer, whatever, but that's, you just, you have to imagine that he's going to be, even at 50%, he's probably better than, than half the, well, any of the pitchers on the Red Sox currently. So, you know, you have to imagine that they're only going to get better and, and with good leadership guys, good character guys, just from, you know, everything you see about them, everything you hear about them, this is a team that just has that different energy uh, that you don't normally see. And certainly they have, like Steve says, some holes in third base and what have you, but you know, even a guy like Kevin Pillar, like a, like a rotation kind of outfielder guy, just, he has that hard work grind out. Like I'm going to work my tail off every single second that he's on the field, every single chance he gets, like that's the type of attitude, you know, Lindor plays that way you know, um, McNeil plays that way. They just have that sort of never say die, never stop attitude that you don't. And DeGrom obviously sets the tone with that, but they just have that, that extra gear, that unspoken thing that every championship needs, if you will. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Kind of that same point to see like how this bench works too, of just the guys that they can plug in when, uh, you know, whether it's just guys taking a day off or guys that, you know, they want to just, you shake things up and it's going to be fun to see. It's exciting to see the Mets. Like you mentioned, you know, the Wilpons had their, had their opportunities where they got to the world series in 2015 and then, you know, kind of 
not sure what happened a couple years after that, but it, it's going to be fun. It's uh, I don't know. I'm, I feel like I'm saying a lot of nice things about the Mets, but it's going to be a fun season to watch how they do. Yeah, it's it should be a really fun year in Queens. I mean, it's just seeing all the new players and the ownership spending money. It's it's going to be a good year for the Mets. You know, I'm hopefully I'm not getting ahead of myself, but they should be a good baseball team. Yeah. Fingers. So what yeah, is that? I mean the 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 sorry, Jordy, but the biggest concern I feel like is starter step, right? Like how? Yeah, you have yeah. There's there's you know whatever they they have guys to fill, but how deep can, you know, game three, game four of a playoff series, who are you giving the ball to, right? Like that's sort of the, the it doesn't the, worry me as much. I mean, Stroman, you said it. Yeah. Stroman's there. Syndergaard. Uh, rotation depth. That's not theirs. I mean, I think they have tons of rotation depth. I'm not worried about the postseason like that, to be honest. I think they'll be, if they're in the postseason, they'll be a force and guys like Carrasco will be a big part of that. Yeah. It's going to yeah. be, uh... I mean, I hear you, but I'm just, uh, I don't know. Watch out for that defense. There you go, Jordy. I'll give you, I was trying to say something negative to give Jordy, to make Jordy feel good about the, the Phillies. Defense is as usual for the Mets as it is a problem. Like that's the one thing, but that's again, why you mentioned a guy like Kevin Pilar here, a guy like Alberto Mora, obviously Francisco Lindor. Like, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. It's going to be fun to see how this, how this gets plugged and played of, uh, a lot of defensive substitutions, kind of that older school style and see what they do for, late games or if it's pinch running, whatever they have to do. You, you did, Albert Moore is a really good call, defensive and speed. You, know, you can pull that sort of stuff out of your hat. Yeah, and you got you know, with the you gotta remember no DH again this year. So pitchers gonna be back in the lineup. The way the Mets construct their lineup will be interesting. You know, you have Brandon Nimmo hitting leadoff and the pitcher hitting ninth. It's just gonna leave way to a lot to a lot of flexibility with how they maneuver within a game. Is it more of an advantage to the Mets though that the pitchers are back in? Because the Mets pitchers can rake the ball. Yes, I would personally I'd say no, just because the way their lineup is constructed, you know, they have to put Dom Smith in every day to get him in to get him in the lineup because obviously he's not first. Yeah. Um, you know, a DH would really let him slide in there without putting him in a uh, defensive position that he might not necessarily be great at. But as you mentioned, they do usually have some good hitting pitchers, you know, DeGrom can hit. Stroman's extremely athletic. Um so yeah, I mean, you know, I don't think it'll really hinder them that much, but it would have been nice to have the DH. Oh, the last thing I was, I was going to ask before, then we got some, some very good points from Greg. Uh, what's their deal with letting fans in? Do you, do you know, are they starting the season off with some sort of limited capacity? Yeah, they, they actually announced today they're going to do 20%. So oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's That'd be pretty sweet. This year would be, would be great. Um, so let's jump in to the Phillies. And what they did, Greg mentioned a little a little while ago, they've spent some money in the offseason. They did re-sign JT Real Muto, which, thank God they did. Because if they didn't, then the two players that we were talking about a lot with the Marlins, Jorge Alfaro, who played with a huge chip on his shoulder and torched the Phillies, and Sixto Sanchez, who was all that he was at least written to be when he was a Phillies prospect, looks that great. They would have been... Gone for nothing. Two years of JT Raminto, including a shit COVID year, because um, it was not fun last year. But coming into this year, the Phillies get Dave Dombrowski as their president of baseball operations. Uh, a lot of people calling it something like when Pat Gillick took over the team, um, a guy who's won World Series titles, who maybe is going to you know mortgage the future for some short-term success. 
Now, how that translates into the offseason of they re-signed JT, they re-signed Didi Gregorius. Um, Pitching is still a huge question, although they did sign some bullpen guys, which as Stevie, you may know from listening to the podcast, and the listeners may know this, Greg knows this from doing this with me, uh, the Phillies bullpen is the bane of my existence, and it has been for years. Um, But Greg, we'll start with you. When you look at my Philadelphia Phillies, what do you think right off the bat? Uh, a lot of show, no dough. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's, I mean, yeah, Rio Muto is a big signing, but you know, is he, is he going to really impact the, the line that much, that much, you know, Hoskins needs to have a bounce back year. You know, he, he had a great first year, right. And then struggled his, his second year, Jordy, or no, he struggled for a while. Year. Um, and this is something yeah. that, the last couple of years, Hoskins is uh, it's been a big question mark of what will he do? How does he refine his swing? His numbers yeah. have been atrocious for the last year and a half, so that's right. really longer than that two and a half years. I almost. feel like, I, f- I feel like outside of Didi, they really don't like their their infield is just not. I mean, Segura is manageable, but I feel like their infield is just just weak, if you will. And and last year, the or two years ago, the injury of McCutcheon crippled the team. Uh, apparently, according to you, they were the best team ever, and then McCutcheon went out. Well, they weren't the best team ever, but the they, were, they were good. That, that was, was a clear difference. Se- that, was the end of the, that was the end of the season. Um, you're, you're not wrong. Uh, I, so, for me, there's there's holes, right? There's there's the – they need guys to overperform, I think, to, to especially to compete in, in the skill that this division has. Um, Nola, obviously, Eflin Mania, Wheeler um, – but the big question is, you know, what are they going to get? Are they going to get Spencer Howard or Velasquez to like do something good this year? Or, you know, are they going to be sent down? You know, what's the, the back end of that rotation look like? And then you go to the bullpen and my guy is no longer there. So it's, you know, it's going to be terrible. Yeah. So, well, so he's still hurt. Sir Anthony Dominguez. Um, you mentioned it though, of the back end of the bullpen of oh my god the flyers are winning two nothing right now by the time we finish this is gonna be like three two islanders and i'm gonna be really pissed steve. off but uh um, steve, my, steve my favorite baseball player just based on his name is sir anthony dominguez that's right but so you mentioned it with velasquez <laughs> of a guy who currently on this website that i'm looking at uh no free ads as greg will tell me uh is showing velasquez in the rotation they could do that they could do that they could put him in the bullpen i personally would rather have him in the bullpen but then it's figuring out who else Matt are you Moore, have? Chase Anderson. Yeah, you, you figure out who who else are you going to have f- be in the back end of that. And, you know, I love Zach Eflin. I thought he had a good year last year. But I also fully subscribe to throw out 2020 statistics and hope that he can do it over a 162-game season. It does seem like Spencer Howard's here is here to stick. And, and he certainly had his growing pains coming into, major, into the major leagues. And hopefully he starts to slowly but surely – get it going because uh, he's certainly a guy that Phillies are hoping will have a long and prosperous future with the team. But really outside of Nola and Wheeler uh, and really Nola didn't have a great year last year for the most part. He had some pretty terrible starts, frankly, especially at the beginning of the season. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see what the pitching does. And they shirt up their bullpen a little bit, not totally because they still have guys like Jose Alvarado. They have <laughs> Hector Nerez. They have Ranger Suarez, Jojo Romero, who is uh if you guys remember, he's the guy who got himself super pumped in the bullpen, uh, and I think he was like doing chants and stuff. Not Jared Hughes, who did the uh, the sprint that made JT Romito do his eye roll, but uh, they had some crazy guys in their bullpen. But they also signed uh, um, 
Brandon Kinsler, I forgot what his first name was for a minute, for a you know, you, spring training tryout. You, you keep talking here. You're going to talk yourself into liking this bullpen. Let's get back on track here, Jordy. This offense is what you want to talk about because that's a good point. They this is the what the they scored the fifth most runs in the in the MLB. Like they they can obviously hit, but Bryce Harper certainly hasn't played like an MVP or even an All Star in the two years that he's been with Philadelphia. So tell me why this offense going is going to just absolutely rake and carry this team to a 500 record. Yeah, so you, one guy that you mentioned in the in that you didn't <laughs> mention for the infield is Alec Bohm, who had a very solid rookie year. He was rookie of the year finalist. Uh, if he doesn't have a sophomore slump, that should hopefully translate into a very solid season, or at least hopefully for the Phillies, of a guy who's coming off in 44 games, four homers, 23 ribbies. You know, roughly multiply that by. 3.94, even just by four. I know that's more than 162 games. That's an ADRBI pace. It's, you know, double digit home runs, which out of a guy they're probably going to have bat two uh, is, is something that you'd like to see. Guy gets on base. He doesn't strike out a ton, uh, which is saying something for the Phillies, um, which means he strikes out on average for Major League Baseball. But, you know, he had a really good batting average. He led the team in it, and DD was right there, too. So two guys right at the top of your lineup that can get on base. You mentioned it with Harper. That he, you know, he had a decent power year, but he's still striking out a ton. Again, something that is just commonplace in Philadelphia baseball. Uh, but he, you know, he, he had a uh, four over 400 on base percentage, over 500 slugging percentage. So kind of a quiet year from him. But you're right that if he wants to live up to, you know, the money, the stupid money they used to sign him, you know, the, there needs to be something to it. But even so, you know, comparatively to just the rest of their outfield, it's something, especially center field, which is the biggest question mark the Phillies have coming into opening day. Um, it's certainly something that that I'd rather have him than the players that they previously had in right field, two of whom are in Korea. Um, so it's you know it's a give and take there. But we've been talking, Steve. What do you think about your hated the hated Philadelphia Phillies in your mind? Yeah, you know I think you guys hit a lot of the main points. I mean, obviously the offense is the big thing. You know, they gave a lot of money to Harper. They gave a lot of money to Real Muto. They got some big names in that lineup. And looking at it on paper, and it seems like it should be a you know a pretty good lineup. You know, putting up a lot of runs. Uh, you know, you mentioned Harper, obviously, you know, not living up to the contract necessarily. He's still putting up good numbers. I think he gets a lot more hate than he deserves. Um, but again, he's got to anchor that lineup and be the MVP contender that he's getting paid to be for this team to reach the levels that they want to reach. Um, then you look at the pitching. Obviously, there's a lot of questions there past that top two of Nola and Wheeler. I mean, Nola is a great pitcher. Wheeler's was phenomenal for them last year. You know, one of the more underrated pitchers of baseball. A guy I've obviously watched a lot since he was, you know, came up the Mets. Um, but, you know, Nola and Wheeler are going to anchor that rotation, but then who else fills it out? And you, know, you talked about the bullpen. You know, Archie, they brought in a guy like Archie Bradley. You know, they have a guy like, you know, there's still guys like Hector Norris out there. You know, these guys are not the most trustworthy names, and you wonder how far they're going to be able to go with the, all the late inning problems that they've had the last few years if they're not scoring, you know, six, seven runs a game. Yeah, no, that's a really good point, and it's something where the, the team needs to either – this is something that's been happening basically in the Harper era and even before that of – outside of NOLA days that they needed to put up a ton of runs because the back end of the bullpen really doesn't keep anything safe. I mean, the first game the Phillies played in the Harper era, the final score was like 11 to seven. And it was, they were clearly up. They could have just put the Braves away. 
you know, trot out some guys that are, you know, middle bullpen dudes that probably are only going to get X number of innings comparatively to the back end. And they let up a number of different runs. They had to bring in the bigger arms and they still are letting up runners. So it is something of, of not putting yourself in the position to have the defense have to make a number of different plays. Cause that's something that obviously, you know, the three great truths of baseball of having a ton of strikeouts being one of them, um, you know, you're putting a lot more pressure on your defense, which was something that now former Philly Jake Arrieta called out on them a ton of of that sort of thing. So it's it's definitely something to be a little more concerned about because it is offense or bust. And and to Greg's point, the pitching is going to be vitally important, especially starting off games. There were some games that if it didn't start off well, you basically just could just call the night at seven thirty for a seven oh five start. So it's going to be a uh, it's going to be an interesting summer watching the Philadelphia Phillies. Yeah, I mean, we'll see, I mean, I, you know, you want to see this division really, really be as competitive as possible, and we'll like to see all these teams, you know, be there in September and you know, lead to exciting baseball down the stretch. Yeah, it should be fun. I mean, they've up until or three years ago, they were obviously leading the division right in the first year of uh, Greg's personal hero gave the Babes first of two years as Phillies manager. Uh, and then, you know, they fell apart two years ago. They were doing pretty well until the McCutcheon injury. And they, that really seemed to kind of break whatever vibe that team had going in the middle of June. Uh, and then last year was just kind of all over the place. The Braves were red hot wire to wire. Um, and, you know, the Marlins obviously did their thing. They had a little bit of a COVID scare and it just, uh, it'll be really interesting to see what Girardi does in his second year with the team and, and how he manages a full season. Cause I feel like that. I feel like that's where we're really going to get the uh, the full effect of Joe Girardi as the manager. He, Girardi's a terrible manager. Bring back Gabe the Babe. End of story. No, he's over. Um, he's in San Francisco. It's too late. I understand, but they should trade for him. Do something to get him back. Uh, Steve, real quick, Jordy, you can cut this out, but uh, Greg McKegg scored for the Bruins tonight. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Syracuse guy. Uh, more, than, more than he scored for the Rangers. No, he's, he, he, he used to play for the Rangers, and he's he hasn't played one game for the Bruins this year. He's been a health bomb all year. But anyway, a bad sign that he's in the lineup. It's yeah. three nothing Devils now. Let's go. Wow. Um, real quick, Jordy, we're back on back to the Phillies. Um, I just again stuck in purgatory. Like they have they have guys on offense good enough to to win games, but they just don't they don't have it all right they don't have all the pieces they have they have half it's like they have half of the half of the recipe half the half of what they need and i don't know what what's holding them back from doing it i don't know why they don't go out and i mean obviously bryce harper's contract probably holding them back but uh i I just don't they gotta do something different they gotta do something different because they it's the same thing they keep running out the same lineup year over year and and expect different results but it's like you're you're just gonna accept mediocrity so a couple of things. Uh, one, I'm going to keep in the, the Bruins talk because that was great. Two, you're exactly right, though. It's not necessarily a money thing because they got this giant TV deal from, from Comcast. You know, Comcast still has enough money to build the fucking giant building. Um, they still have a lot of it. Obviously, they paid Real Muto. They paid Zach Wheeler two, two off seasons ago. And it was kind of this, oh, we hear you. The pitching sucks. So here you go. Here's Zach Wheeler. Or here you go. Here's Archie Bradley. And... <laughs> You know, obviously they have a new GM now. They have Dombrowski and uh, um, their new GM's name is Blank uh, on me. But um, good luck with Dombrowski, dude. No, we, well, we talked about it at the top, but the, you know they signed these guys, and it seems a little more that they they hear it that the bullpen needs dire help. 
But the starting pitching, it's this weird... They don't want to fill in the gap until some of these other guys that they weren't willing to give up, like an Adonis Medina, who is a guy we talked about a ton um, last year because he made the one star and he was like, oh, is he going to play again? That whole thing. Um, but they don't want to like they don't want to invest in getting like a solid f- three or four guy to kind of continue to to hold off on it. Obviously, they have Eflin and they have you know they have some other names out there, but it's something where if you're just trying to rely on you know, Eflin and throwing Howard to the Wolves, you know, with this, this good of a division as we were just talking about, and we're about to talk about the Nationals. It's something where, yeah, trying to build confidence for him whenever Medina's ready to go. You know, Thompson, you mentioned, these different guys. It's, it is something of, you know, talk to me when you do want to go out and sign sign a big name. They're not even a big name, just a, a solid three or four. You know, the Phillies, when they won the World Series 13 years ago, they went out and they signed some some little, some guys and just made little moves and they made the little move to go get Joe Blanton and in the uh, at the trade deadline leading up to the World Series run and, and this sort of stuff. They recognized to your point of trying to chirp Steve for the Mets of that you need a three, you need a four, you need to kind of think how to build that way, not just for the postseason, but to keep yourself not even just treading water, but swimming above it before you get back to your aces. Yeah, I mean, and and you really only need – I mean, you need a guy who can go out there and give you five and a half to six innings, not get not, – not tax the bullpen, maybe gives up three or four runs, but you have an offense that, that can, I guess, you know, get him through those five to six innings. And you just need – a Tim Wakefield, right? He's going to go exactly. 500. He's going to go 500, and he's going to give up four runs every game, but – you know, you know that you're getting that no matter what, and you know you're getting innings because he's a knuckleballer and he's just gonna throw the ball, lob it in there. So it's like, you just need you need a, a guy to eat innings, if you will, and like you said, allow the offense to do his thing and gives you a run support to Degrom. I mean Nola and. Uh... <laughs> anyway, crazily enough, one last fun fact about the Phillies: they still only have so few left-handed pitchers. Greg, why do the Phillies? Why are they? Uh biased against left-handers oh, who 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 who's a strong left-handed bat in the in the no no left-handed uh, pitching no no they have left-handed batters that's what i mean but i'm saying who's a strong left-handed bat Al- alonzo like who do they have to get out on the other teams in their division Alan um, smith jeff mcneil alonzo, half of the braves the freeman freeman so the point so the, so the point is uh more to your talk. They have the money and they have the resources. Why don't they just go out and, and do it? Greg, you're asking the questions that Philadelphia Phillies fans have been asking for years now. So I, I appreciate you, you putting yourself you want, in my you want, shoes. You want Chris Sill and his contract coming off of uh, Tommy John? Uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk in August or in July. There's no more waiver <laughs> deadline. Uh, but let's move to the final team, and then we'll get to uh, predictions in the draft. The Washington Nationals. Steve, we start with you, and I, I want to know, what do you think of the Nationals, and what do you think of them going into 2021? Are you affected by them being good at all? Um, You know, I mean, at this point, I'm indifferent to them as a Met fan. I, You know, they're yeah, sort of I mean, there a few years ago. Um, they just, they don't really, they really feel like a team. It's tough to pick more where they are as a team right now. Obviously, they were last in the division, 60 games won the world series two years ago you look at the top you know the team it's all about the players and you look at their rotation scherzer strasburg lester like three big names that have 
quite frankly, a lot of question marks about how healthy they're going to be, whether they can actually make it through a full season. I mean, even last year, we were already starting to see Max Scherzer sort of decline. His velocity was down. He didn't really seem like the same pitcher at any point in the year. Um, a guy like Steven Strasburg, you just you just never know. I mean, you pitched two games for them last year before before they you know sat him down for the rest of the year. I don't know whether or not he's going to be ready for the start of the season, but it's it just seems like they have a lot of question marks outside of you know outside of Trey Turner and Juan Soto. It's just you want you wonder where the talent is on this roster right now, and especially in a division like this, it's hard. You know, you could see them sort of falling behind either the Mets, Braves, and Phillies, or two of the three, or something like that, just very early. And I know they made that great comeback two years ago when they were you know got off to that horrible start, but it feels unlikely that this team would be able to repli- you know duplicate that success. And with the aging pitching staff, it's going to be hard for them to to keep up with the rest of the division. Yeah, so I'm in a similar boat of the. Indifferent to the team is is a perfect way to put it. They obviously being the closest to Philadelphia, they uh, really like to try to chirp on the Phillies even before the, the all the Bryce Harper nonsense. Of uh, there was the whole thing of Phillies fans would come and storm their stadiums. So they're like, oh, we're going to storm Citizens Bank Park, and then they couldn't. And then they obviously win the World Series, and the first thing they ask is, where's Bryce Harper? Why they're focusing on a former player? I don't know. But they, uh, yeah, I you nailed a couple big ones there. Of health is certainly the. Uh, the one that I'm more questioning than, than anything else. I think the top half of their lineup can certainly get some, some serious damage done and, and see what happens. But if their rotation isn't going and, and it starts to really show that it's over the hump, like think about like when Felix Hernandez started to show that age and it went downhill quick. I'm not saying Scherzer's going, going to like deteriorate that well, or because I think he can still play well, but I don't know. It, it's something to, to be a little concerned. They signed Brad hand that that should be pretty exciting. Although, the rest of their bullpen is one of the bigger problems that they had in that world or during the season of that World Series run, and obviously they used you know starting pitching and long term relievers to, to try to get that done. So it's definitely something that you you look at them with a cautious eye if you're a if you're a Nationals fan or somebody that's uh you know trying to to find fantasy value out of it. If we're going to put it that way, yeah. I mean, other than Soto and Trey Turner, there's not there's not much that pops to you out of this team. I mean, Josh Bell, Kyle Schwarber, you know, they have the young guys like Victor Robles and Carter Keyboom who, you know, they're looking to have breakout years. And, you know, they sooner than later, they have to have those breakout years or they're going to, you know, Nationals are going to move on. And you kind of hope, you know, as a baseball fan, that they don't become sort of an East Coast version of the Angels where they have this general generational talent and a guy like Juan Soto who's putting up historical numbers every year. And they struggle to build a team around him. It's, you know, you wouldn't want to see that, but it just, it feels like the Nationals are sort of headed in that direction as a franchise. Well, I guess the only difference with them and the Angels is they, they at least won in the Juan Soto era. <laughs> yes. Yes. They have the advantage that they've already won, but yeah. like, I got know, what you mean though. Like, you know, you feel like have they, they've already peaked, uh, you know, as, as a franchise with Juan Soto, you know, they've hit their high point now. It's going to be downhill from there. Yeah, it, it'll be really interesting because that you know, even having Schwarber in the one projected lineup, I'm seeing having him sit second of, you know, he can obviously do that. He did it at times with the Cubs, but like, if you're if like you're relying on him when you know, no, you know, the lead off and any, I, I don't know. They're they're just a, qu- a lot of question marks comparatively to the, a lot of these other teams. Like we know the Marlins have a good pitching staff and kind of a weird lineup. The Phillies have a terrible pitching staff and a good lineup. The Mets and Braves are both going to be really good on both sides of the ball. 
But the Nationals is just a lot of mystery, and there's a lot of dependencies, I feel like, whether it's injuries or guys having it going or breaking out, as you just mentioned. It's going to be really interesting, and this is definitely the hardest team, I feel like, to pin down where they're going to be in this division. Greg, what do you think of this team? I mean, I kind of I kind of disagree with what you're saying about the starting pitching, just because I kind of love Patrick Corbin. He was with the the uh, Diamondbacks, right, forever? Yeah, forever. Yeah, and I feel like, yeah, you, you, the, we talked about the Phillies getting those guys that just eat innings. You know, you get that with Scherzer. You get that with Strasburg. You get that with Corbin. You get that with Lester. You get – you know, they're easily not easily, but they probably do have one of the better, if not the best rotation in the NL East um, just for, just for that reason alone. And, and obviously being veterans, but like Steve said, you lose the velocity, you have to pitch differently. And especially to some of the lineups they're going to have to face, like you're, they're going to give up home runs and they're going to give them up often. Uh, all four of these pitchers give like Lester. That's his like MO. He gives up home runs, but, normally solo shots, but um, it, can their offense match, right? That's really, that's really the weakness to me is, is you're going to get Soto who people are saying is Ted Williams. Uh, you're going to get some production from Turner, but what can their offense do to match? And that's, that's the rest of the division, I should say. And that's where I think their weakness is, um, which is different than what you guys said, but I don't know. I just feel like they're pitching and their bullpen, you know, the bullpen is, historically terrible but they're they're starting pitching at least eats innings and can get them keep them close so their offense just needs to put up enough to win games well as we mentioned last time they got rid of trevor rosenthal so good for them <laughs> he was very he had at one point had an infinite era because he i think it made like four or five appearances steve do you remember this it was like two or three years ago he made like four or five appearances he let up like seven runs and had yet to get an out yeah, I do vaguely remember this. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty bad. And uh, I think his first out was against the Phillies. So that's on brand for uh, Philadelphia Phillies baseball. But then his ZRA was like 20-something. So who knows? <laughs> but yeah, so we've, we've mentioned a lot on this. I don't know. It's it's something where, Greg, and then Greg, that's a really good point of just that if if it's on point, the rotation, that it's going to eat up a lot of innings. They don't have to worry about the bullpen in that regard. I would just also be concerned that you have guys that are coming off of injuries of trying to to throw them again, it's a 162 game season. So there's certainly ways that they can make adjustments and do that. That's what they did to win the world series. So it's, we shouldn't count out this team. And I don't, I certainly don't think we are, but uh, I just feel like it, it's, there are some mysteries more so than the other teams in the, uh, the division. I guess we'll find out where we think they'll end based. Uh, Cause we haven't done our one through five yet. No, we're, do you guys want to move on to that now? Or do you have any other thoughts on the nationals? <coughs> Oh, we can move on if you're ready. I like that Greg's uh, I have no thoughts, which is coughing. Um, let's go to rankings. Uh, do you guys want to do each, do our one through five, or do you want to do our fives, our fours, all together? Let's just do one through five. All right, Steve, we'll lead off with you then. Sure. All right, so I mean, I'm going to look more biased. I'm going to take the Mets to win the division. I'm going to take the Braves to finish second. Nationals to finish third, the Phillies to finish fourth, and the Marlins to finish fifth. Greg, what do you think? Just to be contrarian, but no, but seriously, I, I feel like to me, the Mets starting pitching is not good enough to 
propel them ahead of the Braves right now. So I Braves one, Mets two, uh, and then Nationals, Phillies. Unfortunately, Jordy, sorry. No, no, no. I just mine's the same order. I have, and then uh, and then the Marlins. No, no, I have the same order as you. I have uh, Braves, Mets, but I I hope the Mets upside swings them ahead of the Braves. But I think pragmatically, I'm going with the Braves. Mets two, Nationals three. I just think the, these question marks we were talking about. I feel like it's they're they're not as you know fog of war of such a mystery of a lot of things would have to go all sorts of wrong for them. Like last year, frankly, for them to finish much lower than third, the Phillies, their bull or their pitching is just not up to snuff that it's going to get shelled in a number of different games, especially in series is against Atlanta, New York, and frankly against Miami, because the Marlins love to beat up on the Phillies. They have the last couple of years, but I do think the, the Miami Marlins, I just think they caught lightning in a bottle. And, and we mentioned it before they're, they're, you know, maybe a year or two away from this thing all coming together and maybe a couple of their prospects that they don't trade away in, uh, in their minor league system that uh, that gets set up to, to eventually help come save them. But I do have them fifth. So, yeah, you know, Greg, we're, Greg, we're on the same uh, same mindset. What are you thinking there? Um, I also I, – I, well, I love it. But also – if the Mets get Chris Bryant, because the trade talks apparently are very real, Steve mentioned it earlier, and I looked it up on uh, the old the old Twitter sphere, and it looks like they're back on talking. Um, then it's a whole different ball game. But yeah, I, I the Braves' vision to, to to be to to lose, I should say. Yeah, I uh, I would agree with that. But let's go into the draft, the Michael J. Clark Ooh. fantasy draft. Or do you have something else, Craig? Yeah, if the Phillies trade for Gabe the Babe, then... <laughs> then they go up in division. your book. <laughs> Instant division winners. Uh, oh, I mean, Soto, Soto, Soto's pushing Marcus Lynn. Soto and, and Marcus Lynn are probably the two best players in, in all of baseball. <laughs> no, I don't disagree with that. I love... Uh, <laughs> I love... Stop talking. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you uh... really have a... Really don't like the uh, a certain New Jersey native, Philadelphia Eagles fan. Is it why? Is that why? Because he's a Philadelphia Eagles fan. Just don't like that. I mean, you could have stopped the New Jersey native. You could have stopped there. There are a lot of great uh, natives from this great. Uh, I can't say the great state of New Jersey. From from New Jersey, there are a lot of uh, Bruce Springsteen's from there. Frank Sinatra was born there, even though he uh, likes the city of New York a lot more. You know, there's there's a, a good amount. They're, they've done some stuff. <laughs> All right, let's get into this. Yeah. What are we doing? Are we doing? Uh, we starting with catchers. What are we starting with? Yeah, so we're gonna go catcher, first base, second base, third, short, three outfielders, starting pitching, or starting pitcher one, and then a reliever. Um, so what we're gonna do for those that don't know, this is the Michael J. Clark All Division Fantasy Draft. We're gonna do a snake draft, a pure snake. So we're gonna have Steve go first, Greg second, me third for catching. Then I go first for first base. Greg goes second. Greg is all time second, and Steve third, and and we just keep snaking through that way. Um, so Steve, we start with you with catchers. Who do you got there? I mean, catcher the obvious choice has to be JT Real. I mean, so he's he was far the best catcher in the division. Yeah, I love it. I don't. I don't disagree. <laughs> Can I pick uh, Day Arnon? Darno. From uh, the Braves, yeah, yeah. I mean, he plays both first base and catcher, but he—that's what I mean. Can I pick yeah. him or? 
Yeah, you can. That's the uh, that's the Cody Bellinger move that I did last year. <laughs> should I or should I, do you want me to go with someone who's an actual catcher? Twenty four. No, he catches. Yeah, you could pick Travis Darno. <laughs> All right, I'm doing it. All right, lock are, it in. They are no. TJ Hasmanelli. What? TJ Hushmanzada. Okay. Uh, you don't remember that commercial? Oh, I do remember the fa- that. The yeah, face yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The fa- yeah, that was a cut. That cut, cut, cut it, cut, cut, cut. No, no, no. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> um, I am gonna go. We go James McCann. Nice. Oh. Uh, and then there for first is. base, I'm going to stick with the Mets. I'm going to go with the with Pete Alonso. Pete, oh yikes! Uh, Freddie Freeman, come on, Jordy. Oh Jesus Christ! Oh no! Completely forgot. It's okay, you made the right choice, Jordy. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Steve's going to take Steve's uh, going to take Dom Smith. I was just going to say, am I allowed to take Dom Smith? Does that count? If not, I'll go Reese Hoskins, but. Ugh. I mean, technically, if he plays the position enough to qualify for fantasy baseball, that's how I've always No, we'll, we'll go Reese Hoskins for, for continuity purposes. Oh, here. okay. Um, so you're still up for second base. Um, let's go with Jeff McNeil. You know, 300 hitter. Seems like a seems like he's going to have a break, another big year for the Mets. So I think Jeff McNeil. Solid. Albies, Ozzy Albies from the Atlanta Braves. Yeah, shit, that was the. Uh, that, that was. was I mean, I, I might as well just have the Braves, Braves team here right now. Freeman at first. Okay, here we go. Uh, I'm just gonna take Gene Segura and go that way, uh, and then for third base, hmm, who do I want for that? I mean. McNeil qualifies for third base technically, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go the Homer pick. I'm gonna take Alec Bohm. Oh, we're we doing third base or second base? Oh, we're going back. Yeah, yeah, we're back. Yeah, we're back to back to the snake in, at third base. Third base. Jesus. Um. I wanted to pick a Marlin, but they're just not great for that. Their, their spots are few and far between. <laughs> uh, can I pick McNeil since he plays third? No. Uh, he's already been taken. All right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Be ready, Greg. Be ready, Greg. One time. Uh, you know, I'm going to take uh... – Jesus Christ. Tim Brady. <laughs> I'm going to take Segura. Segura from Philly. I already have him. Give me him. Damn it, Jordy. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. J.D. Davis. Done. There it is. That's what I was was between that and Boehm. And I already had two Mets. I'll take Brian Anderson then. Yeah, that's a solid pick. The one Marlon out there. All right. Shortstop. I mean, is there any other choice? Yeah. Chill in the door, man. You have a smile. <laughs> Trey Turner. All righty. Uh, so it's to me. Uh, I've lost my page. Yep. That's how you get ready. That's how that you have you have it ready to go. That see, that's just a veteran. Dan's be a DD, right? 
<laughs> I mean, it has to be. Yeah, Dansby. I'm going to go Dansby Swanson just because he's – I love Didi, but I'm going to go Dansby Swanson. Wow. I want to I want to diversify my team. I'm not going too heavy on uh, just Mets and Phillies. All right, first outfield pick. Who are you going with? Uh, Juan Soto. That's easy. Wow. Yikes. Um, yeah, your second best player in baseball ahead of Mike Trout. Ronald, okay. Ronald, Ronald Acuna Jr. Okay. Ooh. Um, that's tough. I guess they got to give me Bryce. Okay. You have to. You have and to my Bryce. second pick, me Michael Conforto. Okay. That's solid. That was a good one. Uh, Sterling Marte. Okay. You're taking Marte. Um... I'm going to go Marcelo Zuna and um, uh, who do I want as my sec, my last guy? Um, ooh, between a few guys here. Uh, Zuna is my first and I'll go Just confirming things with the scouts. Um, give me, give me Brandon Nimmo. Great pick. Yeah. Great pick. I, I'm a big Brandon Nimmo fan. Yeah. I think he monster season. I just wanted to du- double check who uh, his his year last year. I was I knew it was good. I just wanted to remind myself of the numbers. This is great. I'm. Uh... Greg, who's your second outfielder? Between some people over here right now. Um, what? Who's your second outfielder? The other guy from the Braves. Um, Cunha, Azuna. Oh, no, I picked Sterling Marte. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's, that's it, that's it, okay. All right, so let's see. This is a tough one. This is a tough one for me. I'm between a couple guys. I'm... I'm between uh, some of the big names, uh, Jordy's Jordy's MVP for the Phillies. Uh, also, I have too many Braves. I'm gonna go uh, Robles, Victor Robles, Washington Nationals. Robles, Robles. I almost picked McCutcheon, Jordy, just for you, but yeah, he's a locker room glue, big glue guy. Big, you need one in fantasy. Yeah, Steve last. Starting or last outfielder and then starting pitching to you. Uh, our last outfielder, I'm going to take Donald Smith. You know, take him, take him in the outfield. And then uh, starting pitcher, LOL. Good question. <laughs> <laughs> All right, he, he the guy Aaron. who's the best of his generation. He he picked Aaron Nola just for the record. <laughs> uh, you know what? All right, so Steve Pignola. I'll take the Grom. <laughs> I'll take Scherzer. All right. Give Jordy who he wants. Yeah, I'll take I'll take mm-hmm. a Nola Day, the French Quarter, Goo Phillies, LSU product. Uh, so it's for me for relief pitchers. Hmm. Man, uh, I'm gonna go with Will Smith. Will Smith, huh? Yeah. What a name. Not yet. Go in multiple Will Smiths in Major League Baseball. Does Carrasco count? No. I'm going to go Edwin Diaz. <laughs> yeah. 
I guess I will go Brad Hand by default. All right. Well, I will. So I need to remember to put these up on social media for people to vote. So I need to do now all three of the, the fantasy drafts that we've done so far. Uh, but I will eventually get these onto social media. Maybe do these as a in between days vote, a little drop there. But guys, we don't get to, we don't get to pick utility guys. Um, Swiss Army. So we did do. Bench. So for the AL Central, we did not do one. The AL West, we did a DH. Do we want to add a utility guy? How do you guys feel about that? Nah, this is old school in all baseball. There's right. no DH. I like that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I like that. All right, uh, get, get, get Greg's new new revolutionary ideas out of here. But anything yes. else <laughs> on the National League East or any other thoughts on the season before uh, we wrap this thing up? I, uh, I'll go first. I Year over year, I feel like, especially maybe it's my friend group, but I have a lot of friends or people I follow on social media who are uh, Mets and Phillies fans, and you just see the heartbreak year over year with these fan bases. And I want so badly this season, definitely not for the Phillies, but I want so badly this season for at least one of the two fan bases to not have heart, a heartbreak. And I want them to have a nice little deep run. I feel like baseball is just more fun when the Mets are good. You know, I feel like people pay attention more when the Mets are good. Uh, the Nationals old hat. No one likes them. The Braves, like Jordy said, all they do is win every year in the nineties, early two thousands old hat. This, 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 this is the time we're primed. They're spending money for the first time, potentially getting Chris Bryant. We just need it. We need baseball needs it. We need a team in New York that has some big names that people like no one likes the Yankees because uh, they got their shirts open and their close cut hair. They need, they need McNeil's hair. They need, you know, they need Pete Alonzo's chest booming through his shirt. They need it. The world needs it. Baseball needs it. I need it. I just hope there's no heartbreak. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. I, I mean, I think, and either of you correct me if I'm wrong. I think that, the NL wild card is the Padres and the Mets or the Braves for Steve. Um, the the second place team in the West and the the East to lose. I know the Central is going to be interesting to look at, and we'll we'll look at that. I think next week. I need to confirm with some people, but um, it's uh, I think it's theirs to lose. I, I don't want to just you know boil down the National League to being that simple, but it, I think there might be a couple teams that that get close and are surprising. Maybe the Brewers are still hanging out there, but. Uh, I don't know, both of those teams, what the additions they made and, and how well-rounded enough they seem, it feels like uh, that they're they're going to be the teams that the the other, the you know, second thirds of the Central, the thirds of the, the West and the East are going to be chasing after. Steve, what about you? Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, you know, I think the, the NL looks, looks like it's going to be very top-heavy. You know, the NL Central, it looks like it's, quite frankly, it looks like it's going to be pretty weak after the Cardinals, you know, they just got Arenado. They still have, you know, they, I don't still don't think that team is anywhere close to the team's top of the East or the West, but I do think, you know, they'll be a competitive team as they usually are. Um, but it's going to be fun. I mean, I think the NL East is going to come down to the wire. I think it's going to be a tight race throughout the season. Um, and quite frankly, you know, we see all these good lineups and it might come down to the pitching staffs, you know, it's great to mention which one's the deepest, which one can get you through 162 games would be important. And, Looking forward to watching it. Yeah, this should be a lot of fun. But, Steve, I really appreciate you jumping on, man. This was a lot of fun. Like I said, we'll definitely have to make sure we get you on during the season. Um, 
And Greg, obviously, I appreciate you hopping on. We'll uh, be sure to. Well, obviously, we'll do the AL East, but we'll. Uh, I'm pumped for baseball to be back. Obviously, we've been talking a lot of hockey, and we'll we will next week. So, guys, I really appreciate you jumping on. Jordy, you should get Steve uh, to replace me next week. You, Mark, and Steve on hockey podcast will be all time. Just like great, great podcasts. Are you too busy? Is that what you're saying? Get be replaced, or are you just trying to yeah, bow out? Yeah, my cousin Mark. I'm never too busy. I'm never too busy, but Steve just uh, not as caught up. I mean, I know, I know hockey I and the sports. <laughs> well, uh, what? Oh. When did that happen, Steve? What? I mean, when did that I'm just like not like usually not as in like hockey when I can talk about it, but I right, never mind then. I thought uh, I thought the thought David Quinn would uh, would win you over with his looks and his charm and his ability to coach a, a great team a terrible team to a great record. But yeah, yeah, hasn't quite yet. I mean, I picked the I picked, well. If you listened, I picked the Rangers to uh, make the playoffs. So hey, uh, it's great. They're they're on a little hot streak right now. They're listen next week and you'll see how good it is that'll be great (laughs) but yeah you know what i take it back i take it back jordy never invite steve (laughs) for a hockey podcast but he's definitely should be a regular with that baseball absolutely Uh, yeah i'm always down for a good baseball chat absolutely yeah we'll uh we'll definitely make sure to do that and we'll uh this year it'll be it'll be a more robust coverage of baseball like the covid year as greg mentioned yeah (laughs) well boys i think that'll do it Everybody, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Let us know what you think in the show notes or on social media. Tweet at us at ThunderBLG. Uh, Jordo9 for me. That's the same on Instagram, Thunderbug Sports on Instagram. Steve, where can uh, the people find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I don't tweet a lot. You know, I'm pretty quiet on social media, but uh, I'm on Twitter at SBGuysen529. Nice. Not much there, though. And Greg, we never plug our own, so why don't you plug your uh, social media stuff if you want? I honestly don't know what my Twitter handle is. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even tell you. It's either GTP or Skurg's P or there's something going on. My Instagram's private, so that's useless, but I honestly couldn't tell you what my Twitter handle is. Um, I should get a burner. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Greggy burners? Ugh. <laughs> uh. That's the thing that's people how, are saying these days. That's how we could. Uh, that's how we could get the numbers, the jack up for the podcast. Be like, yo, listen to this podcast. They tell the truth. I have one final question, Steve. Garrett Cole or Degrom? Who has a better year? We like. Can we not ask stupid questions? <laughs> who has more wins? That's a better question. Who has more wins? Wins are the dumbest stat in sports. <laughs> <laughs> so true. So true. Uh, so is war. War is the dumbest stat in the world. Yeah, Greg is Greg, Greg is the biggest uh, yeah. like war truther. There are COVID truthers out there. Greg Greg yeah, goes right? to bat against war. Uh, can you uh, imagine? I can't wait for. <laughs> one day they will learn. War, war is a joke. I can't wait for Shohei Tani to go off this year in both pitching and hitting for the first time. He's looked very good. He has. Fun. I'm pumped. I'm pumped. Jordy. Greg. I'm, I'm going to leave you with this. Okay. Go Bruins. Oh, wait. <laughs> Even better. I mean, can we talk about the Patriots and how amazing no, they with no. all the signs? All right. <laughs> so see you guys. See you guys. <laughs> uh, oh, amazing. Bill, Bill just signing former Eagles. It's wild. But 
now that we're jumping into other sports, everybody have a great week. I'm sure we will talk to you soon next week with some hockey and more baseball, of course. But have a great weekend. And go Phils! Go Go Sox. Go Bees! (laughs) 